Welcome to another edition of Inside the Economy. I'm Larry Howes. Thanks for joining me. I want to talk about the Goldilocks version of an economy we have, which is really what we have in the U.S. right now. Some more points on the global economic funk that's surrounding us everywhere. And one comment, millennials ruin everything, meaning the oil and gas industry, number of other things. Right now, they're going after hydrocarbons and being quite successful. Quick look at the numbers. Core inflation has actually crept up a little bit. It's been working on that for the last six months. It's great. Headline means basically inflation of everything is not holding up. Even a brief stint with a kind of explosive growth in the price of oil had no impact on inflation. That's just the way it's going to be. Unemployment's still low, and here we are with crude gone from $56 a barrel to $58. Treasuries have straightened out the yield curve a little bit. They're doing better. We talked a little bit about consumers, especially the consumers around the world last time, and this is the U.S. This little pyramid up here is basically people who are delinquent on a variety of asset-backed loans, the boat loan, the car loan, the credit cards, that kind of stuff. A little bit of mortgage in here. But you can tell in 2008, yeah, there was a lot of people delinquent for a lot of reasons. It has corrected and shrunk, and I love the banking term, fewer derogatory loan payers. We're back to where we were in the 2000s, even earlier than that. And the consumer is doing a pretty good job spending within boundaries, not accumulating more debt. And savings, savings rate, high 6%, higher than it's been in 30 years. It's great. We did talk a little bit about borrowing in general last time. And you remember the United States pretty much had its consumer household debt right in the middle of the rest of the world. A lot of Scandinavia, Europe, a few other places have much higher household debt. If you look at this chart, basically the black you see is government spending, which means government borrowing. Japan has always led countries in borrowing because they borrow money from the Japanese families that own the Japanese industries that feeds their social safety net. That's the way they've operated forever. Works for them. UK's been borrowing a lot, trying to hold things together. They're going to have to borrow a little more to bring the Tom Cook vacationers back from wherever they got stranded. That'll cost them a little bit. The U.S. has a reasonable amount of borrowing. We talked last time, if you look at the gold there, that's household in negative numbers. They've been reducing their debt. And a tiny little sliver of corporate, it's not bad. When the United States borrows money, this is what it does with it. It spends it here. Deficit spending, we've been doing it for a while. Every now and then, last part of the Clinton administration, there was a surplus, didn't last very long. The government borrows money, it puts it into Social Security, Medicare, Boeing, Newport News, Sikorsky, all kinds of vendors, that's where the money goes. If you borrow money for the right reasons, meaning either get a better return or you borrow money because you want something, like a house or a boat, that's what the government does. They want these social programs to be well-funded, don't want to cut back, 
don't want to seem like there isn't enough money, so they borrow it. Here it goes. And the government really isn't spending too much. We'll talk about that later. Speaking of the government spending money, a little tiny media crisis this week. Not enough cash in all the money markets when corporate America is trying to make their quarterly tax payments and buy a bunch of treasuries on the side. So the Federal Reserve had to step in, which is its job, and throw 40 or $50 billion, billion here, billion there, into these money market funds at the bank just so they could clear a bunch of checks. It's fine. It's not a big deal. It's not the beginning of a crisis. It doesn't need any regulation. What happens is it's called a repo agreement. The Federal Reserve offers cash to a bank basically by saying, sell me a treasury, Chase Manhattan, or U.S. Bank. Sell me a treasury. I'll give you cash. I'll hold the treasury. And when you want to redeem it, I'll give you your treasury back. That's a repo agreement. It was fine. Speaking of interest rates and government, here's a little reminder for everyone. Here we are from about 1955 to today. The blue is the 10-year treasury. The red is the three-month, which represents where Fed funds rates are. Fed raises and lowers. The three-month T-bill pretty much follows it. Here we are. We're back where we were. The economy is doing well. doesn't have a lot of debt. Interest rates are low. It's Goldilocks. The markets are fine. There's still little growth. We've talked about how earnings are very likely going to change and reduce their rate of growth a little bit. And if there is something resembling a recession in the foreseeable future, let's say within the next 24 months, a recession doesn't mean much. Technically, it's just lack of growth. Lack of growth of growth. If there's no growth in the economy at all, there's still $20 trillion exchanging hands. It's not all that bad. Some people lose jobs. Manufacturing readjusts. It isn't bad news. But we don't have one in the foreseeable future. And as of July, this expansion from 2008 is the longest the U.S. has ever had between recessions since 1850. And it's not going to end, certainly not in 2019, not likely in 2020. Now, the rest of the world, we really can't say. This is basically the Eurozone. We've talked before when the ISM numbers, Institute of Supply Side Management, we talked about the U.S. The manufacturing came down to 50, 49.9. And service was still up 56 and a half, whatever it was. Well, this is the Eurozone. Their manufacturing is approaching the mid-40s. That's not good. That is clearly contraction mode. And their services are just holding above water. This is not going to correct overnight. What they have is the driver of Germany, which is a totally export-based economy, and the globe is slowing. Certainly, their primary growth market was China, not doing so well. This is India. High hopes once again for the Modi government a little while ago. A lot of money was invested in India. You can tell here it's been siphoning out. Apple built a beautiful campus there and moved a bunch of very smart people in to help them with it. 
in hopes of manufacturing more there, making India the alternative to manufacturing in Asia? We'll see. They have a different set of problems. And we talked before, having no water isn't good. The globe, if you look here, the real light dotted dash line, that's global trading. It took a little dip in 2008, has recovered nicely, growing just fine. The light blue one down there on the bottom, well, that's the U.S. It too dipped a little bit, 2008, 2009, growing just fine. The one that went through all the drama, there's the 20 years of the great growth of China from about 95 to 2008, boom, it didn't recover. It's not going to recover for the foreseeable future. That also very explosive export market is going to have to do something else. It's not about global trade. It's still about the debt. Finally, my comment about the millennials. I like to track things like who has a coal power plant, who has natural gas, wind, solar, all the rest of that stuff. If you look across this map, the very, very dark ones are coal plants, and they're pretty rare. A lot of those have been converted to natural gas, and I'll suggest right now natural gas has probably got another decade or two, and it'll be history. The blues, well, that's solar. The dark blues, that's wind. They're huge. Texas is still the largest wind producer. California produces enough surplus solar electricity to put it out on the grid every day. There'll be some new huge wind farms off the East Coast pretty soon. Taking advantage of what's going on in England, they're building another gigantic wind farm out in the channel. And after they build their gigantic windmills, their kilowatt hours coming in cheaper than they can do it with coal. Yay, millennials. Next, it'll be trees and whales. I'm all for it. Okay, no drama in the U.S. market. It's fine. Nothing unusual to report. I appreciate you joining me. Remember, if you have any questions or issues, send it along to info at shwj.com. I'll be happy to get to it. Thanks for joining me.